0: So, an unexpected Christmas. Is it, is it an unexpected Christmas for you? Nope. No. No? no. no. You, you were expecting this, were you? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess some... I think two years ago it was a bit of an unexpected Christmas, wasn't it? When we were told we couldn't have our... visit our family and so on, and it was a bit unexpected. But Christmas isn't unexpected, generally speaking, is it? Um, I dare say the toy manufacturers are already planning for next Christmas. <laughs> and, and all the shops, you know, it's, it's always sort of once you get September, it's beginning to go that way, isn't it? Because actually so much of our economy is planned towards Christmas, isn't it? So Christmas isn't unexpected. It would be unexpected if it didn't happen. But I think the Christmas that we're talking about, this first Christmas, a number of things were unexpected and didn't happen the way we thought they might. So let's have a look. Uh, one of the things that, you know, if you, if you don't know, I don't know if, how many of you are aware of the, the whole biblical story, but uh, the Old Testament the, basically talks about all those years and years before Jesus came. And the, whole peop- the people of Israel... They'd been oppressed, they'd, they'd, they'd had their ups and downs, they'd had their good times and bad times. But through that, they'd been told that one day, one day someone was going to come and save them. He was called the Messiah, the anointed one. He was going to come and save them. And uh, many of them expected at this time that uh, w- would be some sort of warrior king would come and, and throw off the shackles. Of the Roman Empire, and they were expecting this sort of king. Some of Jesus' followers were like that. So, what was unexpected was a little baby in a manger. I mean, wasn't that wasn't that um, that video that we saw at the beginning? Wasn't that great? I mean, really, really, he told the, he, that told the whole story so so well. Nobody thought really that. Um, It should be a baby. They thought they were expecting a warrior king. Well, if he was going to be born, they would expect him to be born in a a palace with a very, very nice cot, you know, and bed, everything ready and laid out for him. What they weren't expecting was that. Mm -hmm. Not really what they were expecting for this Messiah to be. That whole um, story of the inn, of course, it's really saying that there was no room in the guest quarters and the houses tended to have this area in a bit lower than the main living area where the animals were kept. And so when, when they went there, I presume because there was a census and they took they took, um, they went into the family home that was in Bethlehem and there was no room in the guest quarters so they had to go into the animal quarters and that's where they did. And and it probably wasn't a very nice place to lay the baby. You know, it's it's quite sort of cosy. That one looks quite cosy, doesn't it? But actually it wasn't very cosy. It was probably cold and drafty. They probably expected that if, the Messiah was coming, it would be well known to all the people, the important people, and uh, it would be announced and declared in front of all the VIPs that the Messiah has come, the Messiah is here. What was unexpected was that it was announced to the lowest of the low, mm-hmm. the shepherds, who were still the lowest caste, the, the lowest layer of, of society and God chose to declare the coming of Jesus through these guys. It says, you know, we, we know the story that angels came down, didn't as they said, and, uh, and proclaimed good news and joy and peace on earth to men of good will. I like that. I like to think, this is my thinking is you, you, you can picture this sort of thing on these these angels almost like a, like a choir that's been trained you know that, that at the right time they they come out of heaven and they, they sing their song you know in you know and I, I like to think it wasn't like that at all because my Bible suggests to me that the angels don't actually know what 's in God 's mind right and that they don't know what he's doing so Presumably Gabriel, and you could see, you know, there was Gabriel was played by an outstandingly last week at the live, the live nativity, um, that Gabriel had some upfront news, but the, the the rest of them didn't. So the the you just got this. I like to think that actually it was it was that night the angels were told, this is what's happening. This is what's happening. This is you've been waiting. For, for God to, to, to start his, his salvation work, his plan of redemption for the world. And then they got told, and they burst out of heaven and, and started singing spontaneously because they were so excited about what was happening. And I think i like, like to think it's like that, a bit, bit more exciting for them. And uh, so... Um, we, we just put this in because a few years ago we went to um, we went to Israel. We we lived, we spent a week in Bethlehem. We stayed in Bethlehem for a week, and um, you sort of somehow that's that's the the Church of the Nativity. It's sort of there's, there's always this sort of struggle between the Orthodox and the Catholic Church as to you know who's in control and who should be doing that. You know. It's all ornate, isn't it? And you think, you know, this... That, well, what's wrong with us? We want to turn this great story into, into something, you know, that, into something ornate and majestic and things when God intended it to be simple. So those, those are the hillsides around Bethlehem. And that's the place where you really, you know, you really get a feel for the timeless, the timeless... Uh, work of God. Just a little bit in there. So they expected a king. Um, What they didn't expect was that. Jesus never wore a crown. The only crown he ever wore was made of thorns and (coughs) laid heavily on his head to bring forth blood and mockery and lowliness. Yeah, it's probably the greatest crown anyone's ever won. And it begins to, begins to communicate to us what, why God did it this way. Why didn't he do it with the king? The, the, the king, why didn't he do it with all the majesty, with all the, the pomp and ceremony? Because... He didn't want to touch up there. He wanted to get down here, right, right down to the very bottom. He wanted, because he didn't just want to proclaim what he was doing. He wanted to utterly transform what we are. And to do that, he had to come down lowly. Another thing that was expected was that this king was going to come and save Israel. It was all about Israel, all about Israel. Even though the scripture said, you know, he'd be a light to the Gentiles, somehow it was all about Israel. The reality was that's for everybody. That took them so, it was so hard to grasp the fact that this wasn't just about Israel, this was about mankind. Is about the and, and very hard for them because we're we God's chosen people, aren't we? We're the special ones, we're the ones that God has God has singled out to, to do it. We don't want to share all that with the rest of the world. But that's God's plan, was this plan was for everyone. They also expected God to work with power. We'd heard a lot about in the Old Testament about God's wrath and his anger on sin and God's power. Lots of scriptures tell us about God's power. What they didn't expect was he come with open hands. He would come as someone lowly, someone humble, someone wanting to uh, wanting to welcome people bring them into a relationship with God. Wanted to lift them up. He had to get underneath them. Underneath you, underneath me. To lift lift us up and bring us back into a place with God. This, This story is quite remarkable. Quite unexpected. I doubt if any of us could have conceived such a story. But this is the story of God's salvation and it could not have been done any other way. Jesus has come to change our lives. And I, I don't know whether you, well, one of the things I, I starting off with Christmas is not unexpected, is it? I, I'm, I'm, I'm about to enjoy my 72nd Christmas. Um, and you, know, you, you, you get quite used to them, don't you? And We do the same things, and you know. And sometimes the carols get a little bit, you know, hackneyed. (laughs) Sorry. Um, And I always ask the Lord each year: Give me something new. Mm -hmm. Give me something fresh. Something that I've not seen before. Something unexpected. Our God is an unexpected, uh, an unexpected God. He does things differently. So, this could be for you an unexpected Christmas. I don't know if you've ever received Jesus Christ in your life. I don't know if you've ever met Jesus. I don't know if you've ever seen that character. But if you've not, this could be an unexpected Christmas for you. Because you could meet someone that is going to transform your life. You could meet someone who is going to deal with your your, your guilt and your uh, things that you know are wrong in your life. You could be meeting someone who's going to lift you up and bring you into a personal relationship with God. You could be someone who's going to transform the transi- transigence, happiness and pleasure of Christmas with a deep joy that doesn't go away when you put the decorations away. You could have a totally transformed life. And if you've never asked Jesus into your life... And, I invite you this Christmas to have an unexpected change in your life. And if you do know Jesus, can I invite you to seek God for something new and something fresh, something that is unexpected, something that can be born in your heart that you've never seen before and makes you see life differently.